Late Night Conversations Late Night Conversations Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight Yes, shut that door if you haven't done so already and open the closet because it's time for us to come out and play. This is not suitable for those who are under the age of 18. So let's make sure that we are protecting the little ones. And um, let's be honest with each other right now. We are talking sex addiction. And the number to dial is 0614104107 for WhatsApps or SMS41391. You can call 0891104207 or 0117144045. You can remain anonymous. After all, this is the closet, okay? So, A-teamers, let's welcome the handsome, the sexy, the absolutely gorgeous Dr. Tabani Nkwanyana. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Wonderful. And sexy Patricia. <laughs> you always make me blush. Oh, Doc, you do the same thing to me. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good evening to you and your listeners. Well, this evening... Uh, <laughs> This topic of discussion, sex addiction, is one of those topics that I think a lot of people, we're not really sure what does it mean when you're addicted to sex or when you just have a healthy dose of sex in your life. So maybe let's start off by defining the addiction. Yeah, so uh, there's many ways to look at it. And uh, again, there's a, a bit variety of uh, descriptions uh, that exist. And also, it is a bit of a, a, a controversial topic as uh, different uh, societies look at it uh, in different ways. Uh, others are more permissive, others are more restrictive. But uh, to describe it briefly, we'll just to say that uh, this is a sexual behavior where, uh, if you put it in terms of a scale of normality, uh, these are people that now uh, on the other side of the extreme where they are either hypersexual or totally addicted to sex, uh, which means they are now have this excessive preoccupation with sexual fantasies, edges, and behaviors, uh, which then can perhaps cause them a certain form of a distress. Now, when you say it, how how do you measure it? Let's let's measure it because one person could could want to have uh, sex maybe twice a day, and their partner will say, "No, you're too addicted to sex because the particular partner's sex drive is not as high." So, how would you quantify it? Yeah, so uh, it's a it's a bit of a, a difficult one, uh, but they they almost have to be. There's like a, a kind of signs that you must perhaps look at and see whether uh, are you at risk. And the, the interesting part, I just took an, an online test here <laughs> that uh, scored me uh, t- 2 out of 20 on the sex addiction scale, which means I am a moderate risk. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you, it's a, it's a minddiagnostics.org uh, uh, scale uh, where you have a 0 to 1 which is people that are low risk uh, for sex addiction, and they've got two to five, which are some, who, people who've got some risk of a sex, sex addiction, and they've got uh, people who are ranging between six and 20 who are high risk of sex addiction. 
So basically you're looking at somebody who has a recurrent and intense uh, sexual fantasies, edges, and uh, certain kind of behaviors that preoccupy them for most of their time. And then again, it's in terms of what most of your time uh, means, uh, it can be uh, described based on your activities of daily living. So an ordinary person has perhaps uh, a job or an occupation, or they will have a family or a relationship, and they'll have those activities. So now, uh, somebody that will be seen as having this uh, an impulsive or a compulsive sexual disorder is somebody now that uh, have their behavior, which is sexual behavior, now starting to affect their job, starting to affect their relationship with their partner or family, or starting to cause social problems where now we are seen as having inappropriate sexual sexual behaviors. So it is a, a bit of a broader one. But again, uh, for each individual, it might be different based on your circumstances to say. Uh, and also the other thing that is important is that if you are constantly trying to maybe stop certain ages and maybe now you fail to reduce I mean, uh, those uh, ages in your body or maybe you feel like you're losing control and each time all that is in your head is just sex, sex, sex and then it preoccupies your mind. A-teamers, we are speaking uh, to Dr. Tabani Nkwanyana, who is an um, independent medical practitioner with interest in human rights, ethics, and social sciences. And today we're looking at sex addiction. I'd like to hear from you. Are you addicted to sex or would you like to gauge yourself if you are or not? And let's uh, talk about what are some of the things that are causing that particular addiction. The number to dial is 0891-104-207. And trust me, I'm not going to judge, okay? We are cooking the pots for those who eat the sort of food that we are serving. So we are not here to judge. If you want to WhatsApp us, you can do so on 0614-104-107 or SMS 41391. Now, I've already got uh, a message here from Kanjo. Um, I'm going to sort of like dilute the wording he used. Uh, he, uh, and he says, uh, masturbation for men is very addictive, especially with eyes when imagining different a woman, depending on personal choices, the curvaceous ones particularly, it is the act of God fantasizing. So- yeah, so uh, again, we're, we're talking about when does it become a, a sexual disorder or a sexual addiction. Uh, if you look at uh, what the, the, the CMS has just said, that's not an abnormal behavior uh, if it doesn't take a, a good part of your day for you to think about those curvaceous women. <laughs> so it should be limited to maybe a certain hour in the evening or whatever, maybe before you sleep or something like that. But once it preoccupies your mind in the morning, at lunchtime, and all day, that's when then it becomes a, a bit of a problem. And it is actually a diagnosable in terms of, uh, uh, if you think of the intentional classification of diseases, it is a diagnosable condition, although there's a lot of dispute as to what will be the criteria. But uh, once uh, you jump a certain line or threshold, and now it becomes a negative thing in terms of how it affects your life, then it can become a bit of a problem. But or once you fail to control it, because uh, there's a big thing about uh, our brains. We've got a capacity to uh, put brakes on 
many things because we have to be appropriate. But once you fail to put brakes into a certain thing and unable to control it, and it becomes inappropriate behavior, that's when then it becomes diagnosable, which means you actually might need help in the same way as you might have an alcohol addiction or addiction to gambling, for instance. But now, you know, uh, Dr. Nguyen, the one thing that I'm... You know, I keep on asking about how do you measure it? And you talk about if it disturbs uh, your daily functions and workings. But I remember seeing a a Twitter, um, you know, a trend about women saying, once I found my clitoris, all hell broke loose. And when you go through those particular tweets, most of these women were talking about things like, you know, guilt, the feeling of guilt when it comes to, to, to sex and masturbation. Um, and that could that not be the reason why people feel addicted to especially masturbation because of the taboo around it, as opposed to it being something that you are actually addicted to? Is it not maybe the taboo around it that causes you to feel like you're addicted now? Yeah, so uh, that is a, a correct one. But again, uh, I mean, if you're looking at... Uh, uh, what causes all these things, and also if you look, uh, what uh, you're referring to, for instance, uh, what makes people to try and suppress these things? Because now uh, you are fighting a battle between your hormones, uh, which is natural and a biological effect, uh, a, uh, towards uh, what is seen in a society or in your culture as what is normal. Because then cultures and societies have got a certain benchmark which uh, might just be too low for you in terms of the bar that the mother might set or it might just be a bar too high. So again, in a, when we we're looking at uh, the majority of a society, there could be things that could be acceptable or seen as acceptable, which doesn't mean they are wrong or, or right as such, but it's just acceptable by majority to say this is a, a, a standard expected of a, a, a certain people in a, in a certain population, which might differ from like country to country, uh, I mean, depending on their cultural, religious, and other social issues. I mean, if you think about, uh, there are countries that perhaps have got nude beaches where uh, people can just walk around naked and let dress less, whereas in other countries, uh, 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 walking in town in a bikini may be seen as an abomination. So there's a lot of social cultural issues that uh, kind of set a standard for what would which is seen as appropriate for whatever population. So to that again, it means now then that person might just be in a situation where uh, now they feel their society is judgmental towards them, and then they start feeling those uh, anxieties. Uh, because now they they are sexual uh, or hypersexuality actually is seen as inappropriate, and each time perhaps they make sexual advances, even towards their partner, they might just be seen as being maybe too much, uh, and which means maybe they, for that society then they might be seen as an outcast, which then causes a lot of uh, mental issues as well. We are talking sex addiction with Dr. Tawan Nguanyana. And I've got here A-teamers saying a lot of things on WhatsApp. But please remember the WhatsApp number 0614-104-107. Or you can call in and you can be anonymous on 0891-104-207. Anonymous A-teamer says... 
I'm also struggling with masturbation. I just want to find out how can I stop it? Is there any advice from the doctor? Because sometimes it affects my relationships because I no longer enjoy sex as good as that I do when I masturbate. Yeah, so uh, the key thing, uh, again, with uh, any addiction, uh, be it gambling and all that, is now for you to be able to quantify as to whether has it become too repetitive for you that now is taking a considerable, considerable amount of your time or you have tried and failed to perhaps suppress it. Maybe you have many unsuccessful attempts to try and put it under control or maybe now it's starting to be inappropriate in that uh, even in areas where it's seen as inappropriate, then you have to do it. That's when it becomes a problem. For instance, uh, uh, masturbating in your home might be seen as uh, harmless, but if you have to take a break from uh, at work to perhaps go masturbate and maybe several times in a day while you are supposed to be performing your work-related duties, then that might just be seen as a disorder or might now be on the other side. So there's that measure that you must make to say uh, how much of your time is it taking uh, how much of your mind is it preoccupying for you to be able to say, now this is a concern? Because uh, as a human being, uh, you are a social, uh, sexual, and all these aspects that uh, formulate you, and you must be able to strike that balance. So you cannot have uh, one part of your brain being ocu- preoccupied with just one thing. You still have to be able to be functional on other aspects of your life. So I would say that's a litmus that you can use to say, is it now something that is just preoccupying your mind uh, in a 24-hour day that uh, you think two-thirds of your time is taken by your mind thinking about uh, sexual uh, things, uh, you know. So those are things that can look at and whether has it even gotten you into trouble with the law, uh, for instance, has it gotten you in trouble with your employer, so those are things that we have to look at as it is putting you into trouble with your partner or with your family and at home to say, uh, have people come to say, you know, your sexual ages or uh, your behavior is actually inappropriate or has it made you to even neglect your circumstance, your surrounding when it comes? Because you should be able to say if the sexual ages comes because uh, there was some stimulation that you got, you should be able to postpone it to say, well, I will attend to it later on. But if you now cannot even be able to uh, postpone it, then that's when it becomes uh, an uncontrollable sexual behavior or it becomes a compulsive uh, sexual disorder or sexual behavior. Now, Atim is here saying, uh, this one's also anonymous, Atim says, let's enjoy sex. Ladies, please don't deny your loved ones God's given talent. And then someone else says, watching a lot of pornography can lead one to be addicted to masturbation or sex. So does porn cause sex addiction? Is it one of the causes of people becoming addicted to sex? Well, uh, I wouldn't say uh, the cause uh, of it as such, but uh, it could just be one of the ways that a person that is uh, having a sex addiction uh, and maybe get obsessed with, or maybe one, because there's many ways or many behaviors that can be associated with sex addiction. But uh, you see, the, the other problem is that uh, 
if you're thinking of a brain as an organ that has got uh, certain parts that uh, control inhibitions, addictions, and all those things, and our brain is also diseases because things that uh, give it uh, uh, what you call excitement or uh, like if you give a brain uh, sugar to your brain, it loves that. And uh, things that uh, it, it rewards, so it rewards uh, you by making you feel good, which means it always wants that feeling. So if then uh, you get that feeling through masturbating, the brain always wants that. So the how part, so you could get that through uh, masturbating, you could get that through buying sex, you could get that through either multiple partners if maybe you, depending on how how much of a disorder has it become for you. So the how you get that reward in your brain and that excitement in your brain is a different story as opposed to what really happens in your brain because that's a, that's a control that I'm talking about in the brain that you should be able to, be, to have that switch where you say I want to tone down or tone it up when it's appropriate, down when it's inappropriate. But if you don't have that switch anymore in your brain, then any time it comes and you can't control it, that's when it becomes a problem. Now, how does one start uh, dealing with um, themselves and with their addiction if they're addicted to sex, whether it is masturbation or watching porn or buying sex or whatever the addiction, sexual addiction may be? How does one deal with that? Well, uh, there's many ways. Uh, I mean, the, the, the first thing is obviously for a person to be able to recognize it, uh, that it is a problem. Uh, I mean, I won't dwell too much in terms of uh, a medical treatment as such, but there is a psychotherapy or uh, counseling of some sort. Should you really be so concerned that uh, you might be having a, a sexual addiction? Uh, but again, for some people, it's still a taboo to discuss about uh, these private matters. So some people will die in a corner with depression and anxiety and, and not really uh, coming out clearly, which means even if you see your therapist and maybe you suffer from anxiety and depression, you need to be able to open up as well if you think you have a sexual addiction issue. And the other softer part perhaps is to maybe have join a support group of people that uh, are like you that also have sexual addiction issues and maybe uh, come up with ways of how you can divert this energy because these edges perhaps that a person needs to, to learn how to deal with. Now, Atima here says, Hi, I'm 48 years old and have masturbated since the age of 10. The Bible is silent about it, but two years ago I watched on YouTube that it is a sin. I fasted and prayed and was delivered. I have never masturbated for two years. I'm single, so I am not sexually active either. It was a spiritual bondage. Uh, the next one says, Hi, I'm Homozo from Liboa Homo in Limpopo. I would advise people addicted to porn and masturbation to read a book titled Whack Addicted to Internet Porn. It gives advice on how to deal with this phenomenon and eventually leave it. So it seems more than just sex. Um, 
masturbation is on a higher level of addiction than sex itself, like um, sex with a partner. It's masturbation and watching of porn. Yeah, I think if you... Uh, those are the easier ways of actually dealing with a sex addiction, which is perhaps better because obviously when when you masturbate and you watch porn, there's perhaps no harm that can be caused to somebody else because uh, in other circumstances, then that's when you get uh, other people getting harmed, your spouses, partners, and, and, and people outside uh, uh, yourself. So... Uh, uh, watching porn or perhaps uh, masturbating becomes a safer way of perhaps dealing with your addiction. But it still doesn't mean that uh, you cannot be addicted. Uh, and I like what uh, your SMS also just said about uh, changing your mindset or what she uh, talked about as uh, she prayed about it. Because that's what I'm, I'm trying to refer to as well, to say there's this brain power that you perhaps are given that you should be able to have control over. And uh, that's why then, even in terms of uh, the treatment you're talking about, these behavioral or cognitive behavioral therapies that can help you deal with all forms of addiction, by the way, because you're talking about whether you've got uh, alcohol addiction or other drug addiction or even a gambling problem. There's a certain uh, uh, cognitive behaviors that uh, therapies that can be given to you or can be taught in terms of how you can bring this mind control. Other people can even meditate about those things. So it's about uh, that learned behavior to say, we're not saying that uh, sex is wrong. And for most uh, people, actually sex is good. And it's, uh, it's a necessary thing that uh, most people must have. But uh, you should still be able to have control over over the sex and not uh, just now be in, inappropriate or be in a situation where it has been classified as a disorder because that's what we're looking at. But again, different societies will uh, uh, define it differently as to whether it's it, because other people will argue that, uh, I mean, you're just giving your body for you to enjoy it as much as you can. But again, you're not living alone. We live in a, a society and there's a certain level of uh, a standard that is set by society, rightly or wrongly. So, we are talking uh, sex addiction with uh, Dr. Taban Nkwanyana. And I'd, I'd like to remind you, A-teamers, that uh, no one under the age of 18 should be tuned in right now as we have these closet conversations. The SMS number that you can dial to send us your SMS, and you can be anonymous, is 41391. You can also WhatsApp on 0614104107. If you'd like to call in, it's on 0891 Let me go to to SMS here. Um, anonymous A-teamer says, good evening. Masturbation, I do it because I feel embarrassed by the size of my penis. After my girlfriend of eight years left me for another man, I never had courage to start another romantic relationship because I can't afford the penis enlargement procedure. So uh, I don't know whether the A-teamer is saying they're addicted to masturbation or they have chosen masturbation as a form of sex because of uh, the size of penis. Doctor, what can you say to encourage this A-teamer? I actually think that uh, uh, there's more uh, uh, behind than just your uh, outward uh, sexual organs that people perhaps need to look at. 
because I mean uh, we are uh, uh, like if you look at a spectrum of what uh, people prefer. Uh, as an example, I mean I don't know if uh, the A team are there is uh, interested in men or women, but uh, different people prefer different things. And uh, I will argue that it's not all women, perhaps, for instance, that uh, maybe want a larger penis, if his issue is that he's got a smaller penis. So there's almost a, a certain uh, psychological issue that, uh, or the damage that happened to him that it needs, he needs to deal with. Because if you talk about things such as self-esteem, uh, self-esteem is broader in that uh, the way you view yourself and the way you look at yourself and how you feel about that is actually might be what is making him to to attribute uh, all these things to say, maybe it's because it's my small penis, maybe it's because of this and this. Whereas uh, it's actually certain things that maybe he needs to deal with to say, why does he feel that way? Because outwardly, in terms of uh, the penises and all those things, those are not things that should actually also obsess your, your brain because there could be some women somewhere there who actually prefer his penis size, but he just hasn't explored that. Maybe he's made it up in his mind that all women want all women want uh, larger penises, which might be inaccurate, you know. And and maybe he must learn technique. I mean, when it comes to sexual activity, it's about technique. It's not only about size. Um, so, anonymous Atima, please learn technique. Don't be embarrassed. Find ways around it. Before I go to Anonymous on the line, um, there's a question for you here, Doctor, and I think it's it's very related to what uh, Anonymous was talking about. He says, um, hi, Sis Pat, uh, the topic and uh, uh, that Dr. Nkwanyana, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay, so it says, I know that the topic that you're talking about uh, is uh, sex addiction, but I just want to find out, since we've got a medical practitioner there, um, do the penis enlargements that they sell in the pharmacies actually work? And is it really legitimate? Oh, what? Uh, uh, the penis the enlargement. Oh. The, the penis what? enlargement machines. Oh, okay. So, uh, from the medical perspective, I, I, I don't, I don't know about the the penis enlargement machine, but from the medical perspective, there are certain farms that uh, are. Are available in the pharmaceuticals. Most of them assist with erection. So, for instance, if uh, you are suffering weak erection, uh, then they help uh, with erections rather than to say they make your penis penis enlarged. But how they work? Because when the the main thing about uh, uh, how when the penis is uh, uh, erected or when you are stimulated. The main thing just to the private organ is the gush of blood that goes in there. So if you then apply these pumps, this equipment, that open up or put, put in attraction into your uh, private organs, then it, it allows the blood flow to either your penis or your, your, your vagina or your labia for it to be engorged. Then that's what brings an erection. So for people that either have depending on whether their they uh, erectile dysfunction is caused, uh, those pumps then help open up the penis so that it's filled, it's filled with the blood and then it's able to sustain an erection for longer. So in that process, it enlarges the penis, but this is, this is only when the penis is erect. 
which may not mean that uh, it's a sustained enlargement. It's only just when it's a, 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 at the time when it's been pumped and the vessels are opened up, but it can fall back to a normal size unless uh, there's a program that they get into that is a sustained program that maybe they they do to have uh, to penis enlarged, which is another uh, uh, is done. It is it is done. There's a lot of penis enlargement programs, and uh, as to how many inches and centimeters you get out of that as well, it differs from one person to another. And the over-the-counter creams to enlarge penises, do those work? Well, uh, uh, it, again, even those creams, uh, if you uh, uh, analyze the contents that it, it, it has. Most of those things usually just uh, uh, cause vasodilation. Vasodilation is uh, where the vessels just distend. So it uh, it has a way of distending those vessels, which then again allows more blood flow because when the penis is uh, uh, down and not erect, the, the vessels, blood vessels have collapsed. Mm. So if you apply certain creams uh, that are vasodilation in nature, then they make the blood flow to be uh, more towards the penis, which makes the penis to be more engorged and then extend even further. Uh, so it's, I think, uh, I mean, I don't know how much they differ, all of them, but the ones I've looked at is more about the vasodilation or what they have that contains a bit of a vasodilation that just increases the blood flow to your private organ. Now, uh, for advice for Anonymous, who's embarrassed about the size of his penis, Victor in East London says, um, Anonymous, it's not about the size of your penis, but it's about the way you use it. Amen to that, Victor. It's the way you use it. Let's go to Anonymous on the line. Yeah. Good evening, Anonymous. Hey, Tima, how are you? I'm very well to you, A-Team, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'm glad it's a lady on the line. Talk to me. Are you addicted to sex? <laughs> no, 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 nothing of that sort. <laughs> Past the stages of menopause, don't feel the same. And uh, anyway, I just want to ask the doctor about uh, men who uh, rape. Why do they rape? Is it because they cannot hold their menstruation? Or what's the purpose why a male rapes, uh, you know, woman? You know, that's uh, I want to know. And uh, also there's a medication that I read in articles in the press where it says, or in, in booklets, where it says, that men has to use a Spanish fly medication, Spanish fly tablet or medication for them to have a proper erection. I don't know, but I just read the book, but I'll, I'll wait for the doctor's advice. All right, Anonymous. I don't okay, know. I think w- next week we should talk about menopause. Hmm? Uh, doctor. No, 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 I'm not talking about menopause. No, no, I'm no. talking about menstruation, why men rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard I, that. Uh, I heard what you asked, doctor. But I'm saying, since you've mentioned that you are menopausal, I think that's one of the topics we should speak about next oh, week. Oh, past the stage of three years, I suffered under the hands of menopause. Being single is very difficult. Huh? If I, you're married, you don't feel so much with, with having children. Mm, okay. But when you're single, but we'll talk about it. Thank you very much, okay, Anonymous. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, doctor Nguanyan, let's, let's uh, respond to Anonymous. Uh, I, I think the question is a very dicey one, but it's a question that I think could could be because maybe the man who is a rapist is addicted to sex. Yeah, so I would say it's just one of the aspects. Uh, again, uh, the concept of why people commit crime is quite broad. And uh, if you're looking at it medically, uh, obviously uh, people that have got pathological behaviors are more likely 
uh, or will not feel remorse when they, they commit crime. Which means if you look in terms of, uh, say, your psychiatric spectrum, you do have people that are classified as psychopaths, which means uh, for them, hurting another, another person maybe doesn't bother them. You know, so there is that uh, personality disorder, which is uh, quite broader. And again, most of the people that commit crimes, say rape, and uh, you'll find that uh, it's not maybe isolated to rape, but it's either a rape and murder, and maybe sometimes also they can maybe rob. Uh, you know, it can be about uh, who they are in terms of this personality behavior spectrum. Uh, uh, where there's a person that will be normal, and then there's a person that maybe may be bordering on a, 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 a personality disorder. But again, it's a, it's a wide range because there are uh, uh, rapes even in in people that are seen as being normal, and there are many other circumstances in even in the intimate relationships uh, that make people to rape, which might just include, for instance, in marriages the rape in marriages where the expectation is that uh, if I want, any time you should be able to give me. Whereas if then a woman says no during that time, then the man maybe may not accept that and even the vice versa. So there will be those uh, social constructs uh, that uh, allow it or maybe where uh, there's power dynamics that uh, one is more powerful than the other and then the then the one that is lower in terms of the power rank there is not expected to to refuse sexual advances and then that's where commonly where it's in an intimate relationship or where there's people that know each other but they are just people who just rape anybody that they won't, don't even know which is then cl- might be classified in terms of just these people bordering on some psychopathic behaviors or personalities that uh, outside this spectrum. Again, even for them, uh, you have the psychopaths, but you also do have people just have, that are purely mentally ill, either be it a psychotic disorder that they might be suffering, or an anxiety or a depression, or maybe they have a certain mission to say, I was abused or I come from a, a fractured home and all that, and for me to deal with this, this is what this is the part I'm going to choose. So there's a whole lot of spectrum that you may not be able to finish talk about tonight. But uh, I'll say it's bordering on many things, pathological behaviors, personality disorders, but also some of the social constructs that we put ourselves in, either be religious, cultural, and certain expectations that make people to either uh, uh, not see that now they've crossed the line uh, and then, which again, depending on the definition of a rape, uh, which differs from country to country, then they, they, they rape. So it can be intentional, and there will be those circumstances where there's a lot of gray area. But where it is intentional, it is more bordering on the psychopathic behaviors. She also asked about uh, the Spanish fly. What is that about for penis enlargement or augmentation? Uh, well, uh, uh, a lot of products uh, in the market, uh, uh, especially from the Eastern Eastern world, you, I don't know, silver bullets and all sorts of things. 
I've not uh, done a lot of research on them in terms of uh, whether they work or not, uh, but it's alternative kind of medicine. It's not uh, registered Western medicines or medicines that are perhaps approved by uh, medicines controls councils or something like that. So there's a lot of just uh, remedies and uh, underground and homeopathic and more Eastern medicine rather than the mainstream medicine, which again, we're not talking about whether it's right or wrong, but with uh, those ones, the problem is often there's not enough approved research or mm. peer-reviewed research where you can read about something. Uh, and, and actually, most of them, you will see that they always usually have a bit of a disclaimer to say this medicine has not been approved by the MCC, Medical Medicines Control Council, or this medicine has not been tested, uh, or maybe it's not been peer-reviewed. So, so they need to be it, used with caution? Yes, definitely. Mm. definitely. Now, I, I've got a compliment here for you uh, before I go to Nathan, who's holding on the line. Says, Hi, Sister Patricia. Uh, the topic and Dr. Nkwanyana's voice aren't helping me focus. Yay! <laughs> and then she says, is there a danger between sexual fantasies and actually being sexually active? And does the two also contribute to sex addiction? Uh, I missed the second the question. I, I did get the uh, so, so you got the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Please make it easy for our female A-teamers. Don't, don't serenade them that way. Uh, but she's yeah. asking, is there a danger between sexual fantasies and actually being sexually active? And does the two also contribute to sexual addiction? Yeah, so I, I, I don't, there's, there's not much danger again, but I think uh, the the measurement or the litmus uh, that uh, a person needs to be able to use uh, is, is uh, now how much it is disrupting them. Uh, and again, the feelings of guilt that come with that. So if you are able to deal with the feelings of guilt, and the depression and the anxieties that come with it, it shouldn't really be a problem. But if it causes you a great deal of anxiety and it causes you a great deal of uh, interpersonal relationship uh, 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 relationship strain, then I think that's when it becomes a problem. But for yourself, really, I mean, if you don't feel guilt about it, same as masturbation, if you don't feel guilt about it, then you're not hurting yourself because there's another thing that uh, also becomes a disorder to say, if you do something to your detriment, I mean, I've seen cases where people must have must have paid themselves to bleeding and to being admitted into hospital. Ouch. So that's when it becomes a problem to say if it becomes to your detriment that you are hurting yourself, but you continue, that's when it becomes a problem. Sure. It happens, and, and it's quite it's, it happens quite a lot. Let's go to ATM and Nathan. Nathan, good evening. Good evening, Madam Patricia. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, okay. For me on my side, um, I think that everybody is addicted in sex, but it's the way you control yourself. Wait, 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 Nathan. On that point, don't say you think everybody's addicted to no, sex. Not thinking. I'm sure that everybody is addicted in Nathan, sex. Nathan, 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 Nathan. Yes, I, I want to hear what you have to say, but please don't make such sweeping statements because an addiction is something that's really serious. So maybe you I'm, can say I'm, we I'm, enjoy I'm, having sex, but addicted, you are taking it far. Yes, it's a reality. Everybody is addicted, but the way you control yourself, it's a reality. Aye, aye, aye. I'm telling you. Doctor, okay. defined an addiction. 
And if we are saying that a lot of people are addicted to sex, we should be seeing people having it everywhere. And I don't think that's the norm. So maybe people yeah, enjoy what, having sex, but okay, that's not why addicted. I said, madam, mm. the way you control yourself, mm. you understand? Yeah. Okay. The question to the doctor. I want to ask the doctor: If somebody take a long time without having sex, does it have some side effect, or does it have some? have some the sperm production does it affect some sperm production on any person or a man or a woman okay another question okay sorry to ask this but if you have sex intercourse a man and a woman who enjoys more sorry to ask that okay nathan <laughs> um yes, nathan when, yes, madam. When, you know, when you are having sex with your yes. partner, you're a man, yes, right? Mm. Ask your partner that question. Because doctor might tell no, no, you no. something, but madam, ask let me your tell partner. You, let me tell you, let me mm. tell you this. Eh? Mm. Let me tell you this, Madam Patricia. Mm-hmm. If you are a man and you are sleeping with any woman, you make sure that woman is supposed to ejaculate. If that woman is to ejaculate, you are not a man. But they don't consider the size of the penis. Make sure you use your penis so that a woman can ejaculate. Mm-hmm. It helps a lot. So with that being said, who do you think enjoys sex more, a man or a woman? That's, why I'm, asking, you that's, that's it, why I'm asking the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the woman is ejaculating and the man is ejaculating, I think it's a win-win for both. But let's allow the doctor to answer your questions. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> okay. Have a good evening. That's, <laughs> All right, Dr. Nguanyana, who enjoys <laughs> sex more, the men or the women? <laughs> okay, so I, I'll just tell you the first part. Uh, uh, there's some statistics, although it's, again it's varied, but they, the statistics says around uh, 3 to 10% of adults uh, suffer sexual addiction. So I don't know if that's a small number or a large number, but uh, it's about 3 to 10% of people that have sexual addiction. So it's definitely so, not all of us. Yeah, definitely. Thank goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, and then on the other part, uh, in terms of uh, the uh, female versus male, uh, again, uh, so what I will say in terms of the effects, uh, so there's a a different kind of hormones that are released uh, uh, when you are having sex. And again, uh, the the women and and men differences is really just in terms of uh, the for instance, the certain hormone which is called oxytocin, uh, when it's released during sex, maybe it will make men to feel sleepy and make women to want to cattle, which is why then women tend to prefer uh, longer term relationships and uh, and uh, intimate relationships as opposed to men because women maybe uh, get drawn into their relationship because when they've had, after they've had sexual intercourse with you, they maybe want to hold you and keep you longer there as opposed to men who maybe just want to sleep. And maybe they, and also they, in terms of what happens to uh, your brain and what happens uh, during that uh, time, it, there might be slight differences between men and women. Uh, so, and... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit complex because we cannot obviously measure to say it will be more for women and more for men, but uh, there is those small differences in terms of what sex does to you 
and how it maybe they may even make you feel um, rather than whether you enjoyed or not enjoyed more or less. All right. I just uh, hope that when everyone engages in sex and hopefully not, you know, they, they, they are cognizant of their partners and of themselves and everyone should enjoy it. It should be agreeable sex. Um, doctor, Atima here has a real serious problem, wants to remain anonymous. And he says, I'm masturbating because of early ejaculation. I'm afraid of being involved because I can't last for two seconds. Please, doctor, advise what can I do? Yeah, so then that becomes a sexual dysfunction of some sort. And again, uh, uh, early ejaculation, I am, and I'm not sure if uh, is it a proven fact with, with him. He says it's or, two seconds. Uh, because uh, obviously, I mean, the, the main thing is there that... Uh, I, I know that perhaps most people might want to have a uh, longer lasting uh, sex and all that. So if there's a proven sexual dysfunction that they might have, it's really best that they consult their uh, doctor because they might just have a treatable medical condition. You know, it's common with diabetes, it's common with a certain neuropathies, things that can affect your nerves. So, and I mean, I don't know how young the person is, but in, in, in younger people, we deal a lot of uh, undiagnosed medical problems that can actually lead to that. But the bigger thing is also just the mental health, because what happens outwardly in terms of your uh, how you come and how stimulated you are, there's a lot of working that need to be in your brain, and your brain needs to be right. So if somebody's got certain fears, certain anxieties, uh, certain OCD in their brain, and a certain or un, un previous experiences or, or issues that they've not dealt with in their brain, then sometimes those manifest physically. So there's a lot of uh, uh, behind the scenes that just goes towards sexual activity. It's very rare that a person has a sexual uh, dysfunction just based on the structural organ in terms of how it is built, uh, although it's usually best if then that is assessed. But most of the time, it's our brain power that needs to be dealt with, which is why these cognitive behavioral therapies are the ones that I, I, I've seen as good and how uh, you can try and alter that and change the way you see things and deal with your mental health. And then everything else just comes natural afterwards. Mm. There's very few cases where really it's just a structural issue that a, we have a penis problem. Most of the time, it's in your brain. Now, here's a 26-year-old who wants to remain anonymous, and he says he is. He says, "I'm 26 years old, and I'm addicted to sex. I don't like having sex with just one woman, um, and I masturbate very often. How can he get help?" Yeah. So again, in that case, that's why I was saying that uh, uh, having uh, uh, sexual intercourse uh, once it starts bothering you. And once you start feeling like you're losing control, and you, I, and again, I don't know how often are they uh, engage in the sexual intercourse and how much of their time it is taking, and whether they've missed work and missed the uh, important uh, days or uh, functions or things or uh, family gatherings because now they have to be engaging in the sexual inter- intercourse. So it depends on how much uh, it has caused that the caller the problem. And again, I mean, uh, I mean, we, 
obviously there's a, a lot of psychologists and psycho uh, uh, people that can help in terms of uh, dealing with that in terms of giving you therapies there's a lot of sex therapies uh, therapists so again if it's bothering you uh, it should be attended to because then the when it becomes an issue that starts causing strain into your relationship and which is not desirable but if it's not bothering both partners and uh, they're enjoying it and it's really they're having fun. Why should we put a limit to it and it's not causing anybody else any harm? Well, with addiction to sex, one thing I think we should take out from this is that when you need help, go seek medical and psychological help. And um, also, be safe. Don't, don't harm or hurt yourself or even your partners. That's what I've taken out from this, doctor. Yeah. And also just to say, obviously, if it's unattended, uh, it can lead to a, a, a lot of problems if you now have this sexual addiction that is ongoing because most of the time it just gets worse and worse and worse because it becomes a medical uh, or a, a meta- medical or mental disorder that needs to be attended to. So, And you don't want it to affect your career, you don't want it to affect your relationship, and don't even want it to impact on your self-esteem as well. Mm. And, you know, uh, Benzito is saying, especially for the men, make sure you go get yourself checked out. If you feel there's any problems um, in the southern regions, check yourself out. And doctor, word of caution, right? So you've heard my female A-teamers, my fellow friends who understand what I go through when I have to talk to you are crying that don't serenade them with your voice tomorrow or next week or whenever we speak again. Come with a squeaky voice, okay? Make it easier for us to listen to this conversation. I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very much, Dr. Nguangana. It's been such a great pleasure. Um, and you've really given us an eye-opener when it comes to sex addiction. Thank you very much. Thank you next week. Okay, excellent. Hey, teamers, that was uh, quite an interesting one. And I think we need to stay safe. And if you feel you're addicted to any sexual act, please go seek help. Or if you feel you're having issues um, when it comes to sex, please go see a medical professional. And um, before using those over-the-counter medications, please research research make sure that they're tested because the side effects could be uh, very dire for you and your loved one well that just sums up the show we are back again at 10 until midnight um for the thursday edition of late night conversations let's continue interacting on social media platforms at safm radio or at patricia n Nduli. that's where you can get me and don't forget to use our hashtag safmlnc may goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success